Hey everyone, before we get started with the show today, we have a quick favor to ask you. We're a nonprofit focused on preparing business journalism students like us for their future careers. We also like to keep what we're doing free for our audience around the state. Because of this, we depend on donations from listeners like you. So, if you would like to support us this holiday season, please head to MissouriBusinessAlert.com slash donate to help our efforts in supporting student journalism. Again, that's MissouriBusinessAlert.com slash donate. Thank you, and now on to the show. Hello and welcome to Speaking Startup, Missouri Business Alert's podcast covering the news and issues important to Missouri entrepreneurs. I'm Jack Anstein. And I'm Casey Murray. On today's episode, we'll hear another installment from our Outstate project on entrepreneurship in small town Missouri. This week, we focus on the town of Lebanon and one business there that's trying to be like Uber for farm labor. And later, we'll take a look at the growing geospatial industry in St. Louis and see what opportunities it provides to entrepreneurs. Plus, we'll have this week's headlines, digits, and other startup news you need to know. So what are we waiting for? Let's speak startup. So Jack, do you have any fun weekend plans? This weekend, I'll be going to the Museum of Art and Archaeology to work on a class project, just doing an overview of the museum's different exhibits. How about you? I'll be heading to the town of Macon to actually work on another installment of the Outstate project. What will you be doing there? Well, we'll be visiting some hunting lodges and checking out some of the local businesses like a theater. Um, So it's pretty exciting. Well, I can't wait to see how your reporting turns out. But let's get to this week's headlines. Under court order, the U.S. Small Business Administration, or the SBA, published the company names and specific amounts attached to all 5.2 million Paycheck Protection Program loans on Tuesday. The release comes after a lawsuit filed by several news organizations. The SBA had previously only released information for approved loans of above $150,000. Business groups say the transparency could deter businesses from applying for coronavirus relief in the future. Scale-Up KC will launch its 11th cohort in January as part of a 16-week virtual program that provides training with expert speakers, mentoring, and business coaching. The Kansas City program is funded by the Ewing Marion Kauffman Foundation, Scale-Up KC is currently seeking 15 growth-oriented entrepreneurs to join the upcoming cohort. Applications are open through December 23rd. St. Louis-based Doorways, a nonprofit that focuses on providing housing and support services to people affected by HIV and AIDS, has been awarded a more than $1.96 million grant by the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. The grant will be used to expand Doorways housing units for people facing poverty, homelessness, and chronic illness due to HIV or other related conditions. Last month, Doorways broke ground on a new $30 million complex that will support 50 apartment units. The nonprofit plans to break ground on another project that will provide 36 additional permanent supportive housing apartments in 2022. Kansas City Metro-based tech company Softwarefare received an $875,000 CARES Act grant aimed at easing employment challenges created by the COVID-19 pandemic. Softwarefare used the funding to launch a new career services and cybersecurity institute program, Softwarefare University. The program will help 250 students receive training and tech certifications in cybersecurity, IT, and project management. 
Softwarefare plans to hire 10 people from the program. City Foundry STL is taking holiday sales outside to help support local businesses. The St. Louis Retail Development, which will officially open next year, offered a special outdoor market for small business Saturday. Coronavirus precautions were put in place, such as requiring shoppers to receive tickets to prevent crowding and spacing booths more than six feet apart. The Small Business Saturday event got such a positive response, City Foundry has decided to host another outdoor market this weekend. has become a powerful force in many cities. A lot of younger and older workers alike have taken up Uber driving or food delivery for companies like DoorDash as a side hustle or even a full-time job. Yeah, I know people who have done delivery just to make some extra money. I do too, but gig work doesn't have to be limited to cities. One entrepreneur in Southwest Missouri is trying to build a gig platform for farm labor. I never would have thought of that, but it makes sense. How has the platform connected farmers to workers? Reporter Tom Cavanaugh has more. Kevin Johansson has been around the agriculture industry for his entire life. From growing up on a farm in central Missouri, to currently helping his wife Jamie manage her family's farm in Laclede County. Agriculture is in his blood. The most common problem he ran into throughout his time on the farm was a shortage of labor. This is why he created Ag Butler. It kind of mimics what the ride-sharing apps do. Farmers and ranchers are the employers, and they can make a profile, and then those farmer and ranchers post jobs, and they uh, put where their location is and what, what the job entails. Once those jobs are posted, Johansson explained that laborers can sort through them and request to apply for whichever ones they want. The employers can use filters based on laborers in the area or other requirements specific to the job. The app generates revenue through relationships that are made between the farmer and the laborer. So our revenue is basically set up through the connections that are made between the employer and the laborer. Right now, as it stands, um, we don't handle any of the payment between uh, employer to a laborer. We just charge the employer a flat connection fee the connections that they make on our platform. Johansson came up with the idea for Ag Butler because, in his experience, being shorthanded is a common problem among farmers. He found academic research that confirmed this assessment. Jenny Ift, a professor of agriculture policy at Kansas State University, said finding labor has always been an issue for farmers, and the pandemic has made it even more difficult. So we have a tight domestic labor market. Finding labor is a huge management challenge for, for farms that still, still need to hire somebody. Um, and, and COVID has definitely made it more complicated. Ag was supposed to be launched in 2021, but due to COVID-19, it had an early launch. It's been in service since August and has about 260 users, Johansson said. While the accelerated schedule was abrupt, Johansson has been satisfied with the initial stages of the launch. We're excited that we have uh, users on the platform being able to utilize it and jobs getting posted. So it's working the way we thought it would. We're happy with where we're at in the time that we released it. Johansson said he's received some useful feedback from beta testers. One of those beta testers was Jared Brown, farmer and member of the Missouri Farm Bureau. It's fairly user-friendly. I mean, I liked the type of stuff that was in there um, as far as the questions, the information she could put in. 
I thought it was fairly easy to do on my phone or, you know, I mean, and then, you know, I think that's, that's the important part. It needs to be able to be done uh, on the phone. Well, Brown admires the convenience of the app. He believes it's going to be polarizing among farmers. You're going to have some that just love it and some that just, you know, uh, are kind of set in their ways. Johansson says that most of the user responses have been positive or questions about when Ag Butler would be available in other states. We've been focusing mostly on Missouri to fine-tune that and then start going outside the state of Missouri starting next year. Ag Butler is not a full-time gig for Johansson or his family. He and his wife oversee operations for Lebanon and work remotely with an app-developing company called Kakurko. In addition to that, Johansson is also a regional sales manager for a manufacturing company based out of Lebanon and helps his wife's family with their farm. So he tries to find as much time for Agweller as he possibly can. We've basically done it um, in the few extra hours that we have in our days and weekends. The plan for Agweller moving forward is to expand throughout the Midwest. But Johansson also wants to go beyond agriculture and help rural communities as a whole. We want to make it to where um, not only agriculture, but uh, cater to rural communities as a whole. So uh, eventually have an educational version to it, to where people that are removed from agriculture find educational opportunities to gain experience and then be able to get some job opportunities on the platform as well as kind of make it a, to help rebuild and revitalize rural communities. For Missouri Business Alert, this is Tom Cavanaugh. We will now turn our attention to the geospatial technology industry in St. Louis. I've heard of geospatial data, and I know it's becoming more and more important in the city, but what exactly is it? It's data associated with a location that is used for analysis, modeling, and more. Businesses are able to use it to help with decision making. St. Louis is making a push to become more of a hub for the geospatial industry. What about St. Louis makes its geospatial industry unique? Well, the city has been home of a major geospatial agency, the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, for years. And the agency is currently building a new campus in St. Louis. Along with that, there are a number of organizations working to connect members of the geospatial community in the area and provide them with resources. I spoke with Mark Tadgenhorst of T-Rex, a startup hub and co-working space in St. Louis, to learn more about St. Louis's geospatial industry and how T-Rex is involved. Mark Tatchenhorst with T-Rex, thank you for joining me today. I'm very appreciative of you, um, you know, reaching out and, and uh, wanting to talk about this. We, we love sharing our message, so thanks. Can you explain what geospatial technologies are? Um, it's really anything that has um, a geographic coordinate associated to it. It could be a zip code, it could be uh, it could be a coordinate, it could be an address. All of those um, all of those uh, attributes makes it geospatial data. And so um, everything um, happens in, in time and place, right? When you're trying to utilize geospatial technologies, you're trying to use that late location data um, on whatever aspect you're looking at. Um, to inform your decision making, to give you uh, better tools to um, you know, provide analysis. But really geospatial 
uh, technologies and data cuts across uh, any kind of industry, whether it be retail or finance, precision agriculture, logistics. Actually, the companies that use geospatial data have a competitive advantage um, th than ones that don't. How would you describe the geospatial ecosystem in St. Louis? So um, I, I would say uh, the geospatial ecosystem in St. Louis is growing and maturing and has the ability to serve as the nation's geospatial um, hub for, for this, um, you know, or a center for excellence. And, and I say that, you know, um, for, for a number of different reasons. One, uh, if you look at St. Louis, geospatial technologies um, is, is kind of part of our DNA. So National Geospatial Intelligence Agency has been here for 75 years and a number of companies that utilize geospatial data um, um, are, are in this region. You, you couple that with academia and industry and civic leadership to help grow this ecosystem through grants, through new curriculum and universities, and you kind of have the perfect storm to um, elevate this geospatial ecosystem um, to one of the best in the nation. Can you explain what the Geospatial Innovation Center at T-Rex is? Really what we're trying to do in the Geospatial Innovation Center is along three lines of effort. And, um, you know, that's to connect the geospatial communities, industry, academia, government, military, and startups, to bring them all uh, together in an environment that will allow them to foster innovation and grow. And so we, we've done that. We've created a 16,000 square foot geospatial innovation center that allows uh, intense collaboration. So, and then the other uh, line of effort is really focused on um, developing talent. So it's one thing for us to be able to attract talent to St. Louis and, and bring them into this geospatial ecosystem. But as the demand grows, we have to create a talent pipeline to support um, this ecosystem. And so we're working across the state really to develop programming that allow us to introduce geospatial technologies and all the different disciplines associated with that so that we can get people interested and in the pipeline um, to support this overall effort. So it's it's a multi-pronged uh, approach in Geospatial Innovation Center. We, we kind of designed it intentionally so that um, so that we can have diversity of thought and diversity of experience to help drive uh, innovation. Can you outline the opportunities that the Geospatial Innovation Center um, offers to Missouri startups? So I'm, I'm glad you asked that because we, we have a number of initiatives going on that specifically uh, focused on, on startups uh, from cloud services to data uh, to the infrastructure that they need, the mentoring, the legal support, all of that I call enablers to help grow um, the, uh, the, the startups and, and help foster them along the way. But what it really takes to get them started um, is, the, to, is to incentivize them. So we're getting ready um, after the first of the year to launch a, a geospatial seed program where we'll give uh, cash awards to get, um, get companies started, get ideas uh, germinating a little bit in our incubator and, um, and help grow them, get them into the system. Um, the other thing is Arch Grants, who's also in the T-Rex the building, just gave out five $50,000 uh, equity-free grants for geospatial companies. We've, as, as part of that, we gave them free space uh, in our facility to help 
uh, help grow them and ha have them access to the, the network and the resources that, um, that we provide them. Looking to the future, um, what's your vision um, for what is to come for T-Rex? Well, I certainly hope that that T-Rex and the Geospatial Innovation Center is looked as that it looked at as this pre premier hub for geospatial technology and innovation um, in this region. Um, I think we um, we have built a model there that that promotes collaboration, and we've done some real intentional programming to not only uh, bring together the best of the best in in the geospatial industry. Uh, but we've also um, attracted companies and organizations uh, to come into T-Rex that are looking, really looking to um, be inclusive and um, uh, adopt diversity uh, in our community and, and uh, are you know, fully participating in programming that will bring um, uh, opportunities to underserved regions. Uh, it, both uh, both urban and uh, the rural areas of Missouri. I would say that our desired end state is to be recognized um, as uh, the leader in geospatial technology in this region, and and hopefully, um, you know, someday a world leader. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, you bet. Let's get to the digits of the week, the numbers that matter most in Missouri entrepreneurship. My digit is 800 million. Why is that? Hot sauce company Cholula has been acquired for $800 million by McCormick, the food products company. This will have huge benefits for some surprising Missouri investors. Kansas City Chiefs players Travis Kelsey and Mitchell Swartz are among a handful of high-profile professional athletes that have invested in the sauce company. The athletes can now athletes can now expect a net return of about four times what they paid in initial investments, which they made after private equity firm L. Catterton purchased the company last year. The athletes invested through Patrickoff Co., which is an investment platform that works with over 80 professional athletes. This explains why so many athletes decided to invest in the hot sauce, which has annual sales of nearly a billion. My digit is 1.1 billion. That's a huge number. What does it stand for? Gainsight a customer success startup originally based in St. Louis, has been acquired for $1.1 billion, making it a unicorn, or a company valued at over a billion. Texas-based Vista Equity Partners will now hold the majority stake in the company. Gainsight is currently based in San Francisco and was St. Louis-based Cultivation Capital's first-ever investment. The company has previously raised more than $150 million in venture capital funding. That just about concludes our episode. We just need our closing thought. Mark Tatchenhorst with T-Rex gives his advice to entrepreneurs on how to be efficient in their career. Stay agile, stay flexible, and, and, and keep moving towards your goal. Don't let, don't let distractions uh, veer you off course. So that's uh, something I've always uh, tried to remember. That's all for this week's episode. This has been Speaking Startup for Missouri Business Alert. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Casey Murray and me, Jack Anstein. Our theme music was produced by Elliot Bowman. We'll speak to you next time.